0: musical accompaniment. I like it. This past week, uh, we were having computer trouble, and uh, I began to try to fix it, you know, and uh, tried these different things that I knew to do. But finally, I came to the end of myself. Have y'all ever been there? And so we took it to a place to get it fixed, and we took it to the experts, right? Um, Well, the Holy Spirit is the expert. ...on how to live the Christian life. Uh, And we need to go to Him to find the strength that we need to live the Christian life... ...and to do the things that God has called us to do. Apostle Paul had some uh, people that were opposing him and were teaching false doctrine. And so he begins to describe to them the fact that he doesn't need letters of recommendation like these other people were getting... He said, listen, I don't need a recommendation. You are my recommendation. My letter is written upon human hearts. And people can see the difference that Christ has made in you. And because they can see that difference, they know that something supernatural has happened in your life. And they know that a change has been made. And because of that, they know that God has worked through my ministry. He says, I, I don't take credit for that. I know that God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who does that, but it shows the power of God upon my ministry. And so he's encouraging them to have this same kind of power in their service and their life for Christ. And so the title of my message here is The Spirit's Help. The Spirit's Help. Um, Look with me in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, uh, recognized and read by everyone. It is clear that you are Christ's letter produced by us, not with, written with ink but with the spirit of the living God... Not on stone tablets, but on tablets that are hearts of flesh. We have this kind of confidence toward God through Christ. It is not that we are competent in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our competence is from God. He has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit produces life. The Spirit's help. How does the Holy Spirit help us in the Christian life? Well, first of all, I want you to see that He brings us confidence in God. Confidence in God. If you look at verse 4, He says, We have this kind of confidence toward God through Christ. You see, because of what Christ had done, and because Christ had sent the Holy Spirit, they could have confidence that God would be at work in their life. That we can have confidence in the promise of God. Have you ever known something is true? Maybe you've read a promise of scripture. And yet deep in your heart, even though you knew intellectually it was true, deep in your heart you just really didn't believe it was true. Uh, you were struggling with it. Maybe your circumstances were such that it seemed like things were just difficult. And, and you were struggling to believe God. The Holy Spirit of God can provide the confidence that we need. I'm glad that uh, in times where we struggle, God doesn't abandon us. Uh, the Scripture says His mercy is new every morning. Um, many times I, I've counseled somebody or talked with somebody who has got an ongoing illness, or maybe who is in a nursing home. And uh, I can remember one lady I'd gone and talked to her, and um, just she was just discouraged and she was down. And uh, just wanting to go home and be with Jesus. And, and was struggling to, to keep her eyes on Jesus. And, and as we began to talk about the things that, that God had promised in the heaven and so forth. And I'd asked the Holy Spirit to minister through me. And, and I could tell her countenance began to change. And, and she began to, to have, from a, from a sadness and a depression... She began to 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 begin to smile and begin to look forward to those things that God has prepared for us. Did you know the Bible says, "Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has entered into the things of God, into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him." So the Holy Spirit helps us to fix our eyes on those things in faith. Uh, he restores us. Uh, he He lifts us up out of the miry pit as the as the psalmist says, and sets our feet on a rock. When you're struggling, I I love the story about the man, Jesus was going to heal him, and he says, uh, do you believe? And he says, I believe. Lord, help my unbelief. And uh, Jesus reaches out his hand and heals him. Uh, Jesus helped him with his unbelief. And he'll do the same for us. He'll give us confidence uh, through his Holy Spirit who lives within us. So when you... Uh, are struggling to have confidence on God in your circumstance, just confess that to God. Tell Him that that's the case. Say, Lord, I'm struggling to trust you. Lord, I I know you've promised this in your word, but I'm struggling with this. Uh, Would you please fill me with your spirit, and through me, Holy Spirit, will you trust God the way He deserves to be trusted? And God can sustain you in your faith. I love that scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 1 that says, we are kept by the power of God through faith. Did you know the power of God is what sustains our faith? He is the one who lifts us up when we lose our sight. I'm so glad when Peter was walking on the water uh, and he began to look at the winds and the waves and he began to sink. That uh, the moment he said help, Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up. And he is faithful to do that with us. So the Holy Spirit helps us by helping us to have confidence in God. Trust him to do that in your life. And ask him to give you the faith. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and trust through you. Uh, Paul says we have this confidence. And and through their faith in God. What what obstacles Paul had had to go through. He had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. He had been jailed. uh, All kinds of things. One time... They had stoned him, and he was so uh, near death uh, that, that he was just laying there. They thought he was dead. They go back into the city, and the people of God come and, and pray for him. He gets back up. He goes into the city for a few moments. Then he leaves. And, uh, but, but God carried him through all of this incredible adversity and helped him to keep his trust in God. It doesn't matter what you're going through. There's nothing that God can't carry you through. And he can supply the confidence and the trust in God that you need. So the Holy Spirit will help you. Trust him to do that. He gives us confidence in God. Secondly, he gives us competence from God. Competence from God. If you look at verse 5, he says, It's not that we are competent in ourselves or sufficient in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. Now, let me not rush over that too quickly. This is the Apostle Paul coming. If anybody had a reason to brag about their ministry, it would have been the Apostle Paul. But this is what he said. We are not competent in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves. He had a spirit of humility, a spirit of dependence upon God. Beware when you think you've begun to got it wired... In your Christian life, none of us has it wired. Without Him, we can do nothing. He says, uh, our competence, verse 5, is from God. See, God has sent His Holy Spirit, and His Holy Spirit gives us the competence, or literally the sufficiency that we need to do the things that we need to do. Competence comes from God. In 1 Corinthians, Paul told them that, he said, there's not many of you that are wise, not many noble, and not many mighty, according to the standards of this world. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So, when you come to God and God calls you toward a certain course of action, God takes responsibility to provide the competence that you need. But you come to him and you ask him in prayer. You know, I've learned to do this when I preach. Uh, When I prepare a message, what I've learned is no matter how good or how poor my work is, and I try to make it as good as I can because I know I'm going to stand before God someday. But I've noticed that when I pray, God can take what it is. And use it effectively. But when I fail to pray, I've noticed that it falls flat. This has happened before in my life. I, I've said, Lord, I don't want to preach this message. I, I'm not excited about this message. God, I, I, I'm struggling with it. And, and then I get up and the Holy Spirit of God comes to my help. And, it become, and people tell me how much it ministered to them. And then I've also said, this happened to me. I thought to myself, boy, I can't wait to preach this message. This is so good. I'm so excited about it. Boy, the people are just gonna they're just gonna love this. And you know, I got so excited about it. And I get up and I forgot to pray. Dead. Nobody, you know, people those, those polite people come out and say, Thank you, preacher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but really they're they're relieved to be leaving the building, okay? That, that I found that to be my experience, and that it, when I would forget to pray, the power wasn't there. And so now I've become almost, uh, <laughs> I have almost compulsive about it, okay? You know, I pray during the week, I pray, you know, yesterday I prayed, this morning I prayed. <laughs> I want the power of God to be on what I do. And it seems like God has been teaching me more and more. When I go to witness, I pray. Uh, when I go to minister to somebody who's in need, I pray. Why? Because I don't have the strength within myself to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Even the things that we do, that we think of as maybe secular, we can do those things in the power of God, uh, and, and it can make a difference for the Lord. Um, I think of a, of a missionary, and she said, you know, we were, mini, we were ministering in medical missions, and they could just tell that something was different. This lady asked her, what's different about the way that you minister? And she said, "It's uh, I'm a Christian. And she began to share the gospel with her. You see, she could see a difference. <clears throat> there were a whole lot of people, saved probably and unsaved, who were doing a work of, of medicine but God used her in a specific way <coughs> because she was trusting in the power of God. God can enter whatever ministry you do doesn 't matter if you sweep floors doesn't matter if you uh, help in uh, setting up chairs it uh, doesn 't matter what it is that you do as you do it in His strength rather than your strength. You become the fragrance of Christ to those around you. You see, I'm convinced. What is the difference between a secular ministry that does secular work and a Christian ministry? How do people tell the difference between the two? I'll tell you what they ought to see in a Christian ministry. They ought to see a heart of love. You ought to see something. Uh, what is, what is uh, 1 Corinthians 13 say, love suffers long, it's kind, it it, uh, provokes not, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not its own, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. By the way, who of us can do that? There's not a one of us in our own strength, but he Can be sufficient and competent through us to do that. And when you do things in love, and recently I had somebody share with me that uh, the kindness of our food pantry people was the reason they came to visit our church. Is that not a great testimony? I want to tell you something people pay attention to how you minister. Do you minister? Uh, with, with a heart of, of just being disgruntled? Uh, do you gossip about others in the background? Do you uh, manipulate and try to get your own way? Do you uh, hold grudges against people in your workplace? Or do you perform your acts of service for the Lord with a heart of love and a heart of ministry uh, that He has provided you? See, that, comp, that competence, that's ministry. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But ministry is with God. Is one thing he helps us with. But competence from God is not only to do the work itself, but it's also to do it with the right heart. To do it with the right heart. This competence comes from God. And Paul says we know that none of this we've seen God do. All the churches we've established... All the souls that have been saved, all the people that have grown, all the leaders that have been developed. All of this stuff, none of it we can take credit for. It comes about by one reason and one reason only. God himself, the person of the Holy Spirit, has come within us and empowered us to do the work. And because he has come, all of this has come about. What did Jesus say upon this rock? I will build my church. You see, ultimately, it's not going to be individuals. Individuals God uses to build His church, right? But it's not us that does the building. We can't save a human heart. We can't empower somebody to live a godly life. It's something that is supernatural. And so, God must bring the competence, the sufficiency. I love that word, sufficiency. That's the basic meaning of the word. Competence kind of helps us understand that we can use it in the things that we do. But sufficiency is the basic idea of the the word. And, And the idea is that no matter what God calls me to do, I'm sufficient when he is living through me to do the job. So pray before you go about to do a job. Uh, whether it's in the church, whether it's out out in the world. Pray that God will will let people see the love of Jesus in you as you interact with people, uh, as you encourage people, as you serve people. Whatever it is that you're doing, ask God to work through you uh, so that you can make an impact for Him. So the Spirit's help. How does He help us? He gives us confidence in God. Secondly, He gives us competence from God. Thirdly... (coughs) He gives us ministry with God. Ministry with God. Verse 6 says, He's made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant. Ministers or servants of a new covenant. The actual word is the word that's used that's translated deacon. Deacon. it's used in a specific way as a deacon, as a servant. But it's used in a generic way to mean just any service, any ministry that's offered. Paul says, God has made us servants of this new covenant. And he's going to go on to describe the, the power of it. He, he says, look, look, look Moses used to go up on Mount Sinai. And when he would come down off of Mount Sinai... Because he had been in the presence of God, his face was glowing. And he would put a veil over his face to hide the glory that was there from being in the presence of God. But that glory faded. And the glory that God gives us through the person of his Holy Spirit doesn't fade. And he he said, we can be ministers of this new covenant because the Holy Spirit has come down to be within us. And it's his glory and it's his power and it's his work through us. And by the way, how do we have a servant's heart anyway? All of us have that basic human nature. You remember what the disciples were doing? They were arguing about who was the greatest. That's human nature. Whenever you get a group of people together, all of us have human nature, don't we? And left ourselves apart from the Holy Spirit, what do we seek to do? Exalt numero uno, right? We seek to get our own way. We seek to exalt ourselves. What did Jesus do? They went in. Nobody offered to wash anybody else's feet. Nobody offered to serve. They were all too proud to do that. Jesus took up a towel, took a basin of water, and began to go around to each of them and wash their feet. Now, it's not like washing feet today. You know, we... We wear shoes, so we you know they might stink a little bit, but they're not, you know, it's not too bad. In those days they wore the sandals and they would sweat. I mean it was a hot climate, they would sweat. The the dirt would stick to their feet. They probably had it caked. You ever had caked dirt or caked sand? You go to the beach and it gets caked all over your feet, you know. Imagine walking around all day in the heat, sweating. Dirty, smelly, sweaty feet. Servants didn't even want to do this job. Jesus willingly got down and began to wash their feet. And it kind of offended Peter. Oh, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash, you'd you have no part with me. He said, okay, wash me. Wash all of it. You know. But uh, Jesus served them. How can we have a servant's heart? How can we have a true heart of ministry? It goes against our very nature. We can only have it when the Holy Spirit of God fills us and lives through us. You see, Paul and Barnabas uh, preaching to this uh, Gentile city, and, and they start to, they, they have the, they have this priest that starts to hey, says, Hey, these guys are gods. The gods have come down to us. And, and they begin to try to worship them. And, of course, Paul and Barnabas say, no, don't do this. They said, we are men just like you. Don't worship us. Worship God. they have gone from trying to glorify themselves. Now, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, they're pointing to Jesus, saying, glorify him. Show me a, a person who wants to give God the glory. And I'll show you a person who's a spirit-filled person. Show me a person who's all about themselves, and I'll show you a person who is not filled with the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit of God helps us to be servants. He helped them to be ministers of this new covenant. What's so amazing about that? Because every time a human being is saved by the grace of God, a miracle occurs. The Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sin, but He has made us alive together with Christ. It's a miracle. It's a resurrection. When somebody, come, The Bible says you cannot come without even the Spirit's work to, to help bring you to a place where you're willing to trust Christ. We must have the Father's work. It's a miracle of God that anybody is saved. It's a miracle of God that any of us make it to spiritual maturity. That's also a supernatural work. This work is what God did through Paul and through many others who served God in that day and even today. It, somebody once said, Show me somebody who has been saved, and I'll show you somebody has been praying. You see, the two are connected. People don't just get saved without the intervention of a supernatural, all-powerful God. So when we call out on Him to work in somebody's heart, He does. People gr- don't grow without the work of the Spirit, without, without prayer. What does Paul say in one place? He says, I, I have been groaning, I've been praying and pouring out my heart to God until Christ be formed in you. He recognized there was a supernatural element to it. See, he says the Spirit has made us able to be ministers of this new covenant. So how does the Spirit help us? He helps us to be ministers. He helps us to be servants. So when pride begins to creep into your heart, just quote that verse found in John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But also, quote this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, both things are true. Listen, pride, it gets in the way of ministry. But so too does a feeling of complete helplessness. We're not helpless. We have the Holy Spirit of God. And when He ministers through us, it can make a profound difference. Um, in, uh, in a couple of weeks, I, I'm going to be challenging you uh, to a time of fasting and prayer. We saw um, w- last year uh, in the fall, and then again this past January, as we fasted and prayed, we were praying that God would stop the hemorrhaging, right? <laughs> and he did that. He's given us stability this year, hasn't he? We also prayed that souls would be saved. We've had fifteen people come to Christ. Some of them are in different churches. Some of them we need to pray for that God will help them grow and get plugged in. Others are sitting here today, but God has worked in answer to our prayers. I want to. I want to. We're, we're going to be challenging uh, you to another time of fasting and prayer. We're going to seek the Lord for this coming year because. I don't want to just be stable. I want to go forward. How about you? Let's let's see God do a work uh, this next coming year that is even greater than what he has done this year. He is able. The Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us by giving us confidence in God, competence from God, and ministry with God. Will you trust him to do that in your life? Will you confess That you are not able. And will you invite the Holy Spirit to live through you. To do the work that he's called you to do. And ask him to help you to be a blessing. Uh, One great prayer to pray at the beginning of each day is Lord Holy Spirit live through me. uh, And use me in whatever ways you desire to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Uh, Ask him to do that. Keep your sins confessed. So that there's not a, a barrier a fellowship between you and the Holy Spirit, that you're not quenching Him, but that He can live through you. And then trust God to do what only He can do. Have an attitude of dependence. See, that's where humility comes in. But then also an attitude of confidence. Not confidence in ourselves, but confidence in the Holy Spirit of God who is able. And then see what God will do through your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the amazing uh, confidence that we have that the Holy Spirit will work through us as we ask him to in the ways that he desires. And Father, thank you for the fact that you have told us that we can't do it in our own strength so that we would look to you for the strength that we need. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now help him, Father, to... uh, be enthroned in our lives, Lord. Just uh, help us to surrender to him. Help us to trust him. Help us to follow him and to let him live through us uh, to reach a lost world for Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you here today as a child of God. Maybe your confidence in God has not been what it once was. You need to come to this altar and say, Lord, I ask you, just fill me with your spirit. Help me to trust you the way that I should. Maybe you've been struggling and, and with, with some task, and uh, you've been trying to do it in your own strength, and you just need to say, Holy Spirit, I just want to invite you into my life to live through me, uh, to accomplish the things that you desire me to accomplish. Um, maybe God uh, wants to use you to be a servant to someone else. And you say, Lord, I can't do it in my own strength. My my nature goes against it. But I'm going to ask you to, through me to be a servant, to be a minister, uh, and to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, whatever God would have you do, I'm going to ask you as God's people to, to do during this time of invitation we're about to have. And you come to this altar. If you'd like me to pray for you, I'd be happy to pray for you. Maybe somebody has a need that you'd like me to, to pray for. I'd be willing to. Uh, here, if you're... If you don't yet know Jesus Christ, you don't yet have the Holy Spirit. You see, God told the disciples, he said, wait until you're empowered from on high. They wouldn't be able to do the ministry until they have the Holy Spirit. As a a person that doesn't know Jesus, you don't yet have the Holy Spirit. But when you make a decision to turn from your sin and to put your trust in Jesus receive that gift of salvation that he has offered, the Holy Spirit of God will come to live within you and, and will be there to help you live the way that God wants you to live. Um, Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin, uh, to satisfy the justice of God so that all the things that you've ever done wrong uh, could be wiped out and, and, and washed away and you could be forgiven. And give an eternal life and a home in heaven when you die. And then Jesus, three days later, rose again to show that he could deliver on his promise. He can save. He will save according to his promise. Uh, so if you would like to make that decision, it would be my delight um, to uh, pray with you a, a brief prayer, a phrase at a time. I'll let you repeat after me. Uh, and you can, from your heart, pray to God and say, Lord, I'm ready to turn from my sin. I'm ready to trust in Jesus and to follow him. And I want him to do his work of, of change in my life. Uh, if that's your heart, God has promised whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, you come right now. Let me just pray one prayer real quickly for you. Lord, if there's something.